the SEC has set rules about who can call themselves a financial advisor. So if you watched my last video, you found out that people will call themselves different names to sound official, but they're kind of meaningless. In the last one, we found that our uh, in, in, indexed universal life insurance salesman clicks to call himself a financial strategist. So I thought, I need a name for myself. I'm not certified to do anything, so I can't call myself a financial advisor. So what I did is I went to thesaurus.com and I looked up synonyms for the word advisor and I found some good ones. Maybe comment down below which one's your favorite. So I like financial confidant, financial counselor, financial instructor, and then we get into some interesting ones here. Financial referee, financial tipster, Financial backseat driver, financial budinski, financial kibitzer, financial second guesser. I don't know. Those last two, are, I think, are my favorites. Let me know down below. Let's get into it. So yes, this is another video where we're going to break down cash value life insurance, specifically indexed universal life insurance. I'm on a kick now and I'm making it my mission to be the one person on YouTube telling you not to go into this strategy. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of materials out there telling you not to. So we're going to be here at Wealthy Idiots. Our community can work together to try and find the best answers in terms of what you should do with finances. And if we discover something major that people are really selling, like indexed universal life, I feel like it's our responsibility to take that stuff down. So one of the things that's always bothered me about these salesmen is their sort of illustrations. There's actually laws around how they can illustrate what these kind of policies look like. And they, they've said things before, like, um, remember that last video, Doug Andrews said that he got like nine and a half percent return for the life of his policy. Well, I asked him for proof and he responded by sending me a list of YouTube videos where they show off how they get to this 9.5% return. And it turns out I was kind of right, but I want to do this video a little bit backwards. So I'm going to show you my numbers first and what I came up with first. So let's take a quick look. So here are my numbers investing in the S&P 500 using something like the S&P 500 index funds, for example. Between 2009 and 2021, which is the example you're going to see here in a minute on the reaction video, the person was 56 years old when they started and they'll be 68 in 2021. During this time period, the S&P 500 returned an average of 14.2%. So one of the greatest bull runs that we've had in the market, 14.2% annual returns. It's a crazy amount of returns. This here is the numbers that the person invested into Index Universal Life. So I just mimicked exactly their investment strategy and then ended in 2021 because that's what they're going to show in the video. If he would have put his money into index funds, he would end up 14.2% gains per year. He'd end up at $1.5 million at 20, in 2021 and uh, just investing this per year. So this grand total right here is almost 400K. I think it's 399K. So it's really close. And by investing in the S&P 500 using index funds, this person would have, in 2021, would have a net worth in those index funds of $1.5 million. So keep that in mind. We'll come back to it. But we're going to do this reaction. We're going to watch the video here. And you're going to see them brag about the returns and the percentage of returns. But look at the numbers specifically. And I'll, I'll pause and point it out so you guys don't miss it. But I want to show you this video today. The video is called, Does IUL Work? Wait for it. 
This conservative CPA earned 9.25% in his IUL laser fund. Again, from our, our friend Doug Andrew, the person that we're picking on right now. So one of the things that's interesting is that they're using an example of a CPA because they're trying to show you that, look, a CPA, a certified accountant, does this too. They went through us, so you should also. I don't think that's a very good argument. I think that if we sat down with a number of CPAs, we'd probably find out that most of them wouldn't go for this plan, and they happen to get one that did. I, th I think they're kind of appealing to authority. There we go. Logical fallacy. So let's watch some of this video. I'll pause it and I'll point some stuff out here. Um, let's get to it. Does IUL work? Welcome. I'm Doug Andrew. This is my son, Aaron Andrew. He's one. So interesting note real fast. This is his son, Aaron Andrew, the person who got caught selling um, securities as a part of a Ponzi scheme. And that was all, you know, found out way before this video was ever created. And as we're kind of researching into stuff, we're finding out that Doug Andrew has been sued. He's been through multiple court cases where they've discovered that he's lied about a lot of this stuff in his past as well. And so when they use the thing, the argument, you have to find the right company and the right person to structure it properly. Otherwise, it's not going to work. They're kind of making the point that these salespeople can't be trusted to do that for you. They're kind of in it for themselves. I'm not going to comment on whether or not I think they're guilty. I don't actually know. I'm just letting you know court cases existed. That I don't think that that's necessarily an argument to say that they're wrong in their arguments. I think their arguments are wrong on their face. But I do think it's an argument against the part where they say you have to trust the person who you're putting your money with. They're showing that they're not trustworthy. So how are we supposed to find a trustworthy person? One of the top IUL specialists in America. If you've watched very many of my educational episodes on three-dimensional wealth, you will understand one of my favorite financial instruments, bar none, is a max-funded indexed universal life insurance policy. But it must be structured correctly and funded properly to perform as illustrated. And so oftentimes when people come to us, they want to optimize their assets, minimize taxes, uh, and be able to prepare for a comfortable retirement or some other long-term financial goal. And so when they understand that a property structured maximum funded index universal life policy can accommodate money to accumulate it tax-free, then be able to access that money totally income tax-free somewhere down the road. And then when they ultimately die, whatever's left behind usually blossoms and transfers income tax-free is done under three sections of the Internal Revenue Code, section 72E, 7702, and 101A. So he talks about this Internal Revenue Code stuff. It's not, they're, they're not benefits to you as a part of Index Universal Life. I think this is just him trying to complicate stuff because the more complicated he makes it, the less you're willing to look into it, which means that you take him on face value as a salesperson. And it also kind of makes him look like he's in the know. Like, look at me, I know all this stuff. So the, the laws that he's pointing to here are the laws that provide requirements to separate something from a financial offering and an insurance offering. They were all created because there were people kind of offering these like really bizarre plans and getting around the tax code by offering these bizarre plans. So they added these provisions in the tax code that say like, hey, look, as long as you kind of follow these rules, you can consider yourself a life insurance product, even though it has a cash value. That's all those laws say, right? Which is kind of irrelevant to this entire thing. But you wouldn't know that, you know, if you were watching this video. And so sometimes people will say, well, <clears throat> come on, this sounds too good to be true. 
Uh, do you have some illustrations of actual clients uh, who have achieved what you're illustrating here? And of course, we have other financial advisors, naysayers that say, well, I've never seen any of these policies perform as illustrated. So the purpose of this series is to show you numerous examples of how clients have actually outperformed the illustration. So I want you to keep in mind real quick for this, he's talking about most of the experts will say, most people don't perform as illustrated. And he's gonna prove that this person performed better than illustrated. But remember my numbers, if the person had invested in the S&P 500 over the last, what is that, 2009 to 2021, they'd have had 1.5 million. So we don't really care what the illustration proves. What I wanna know is if I put in money to their plan here, what's my real return gonna be? Not this fake sort of thing that they're advertising. And you're gonna see here in a bit. So we have a, a CPA, very conservative and very detailed mm -hmm. that you met, what, in 2000? 2009. 2009. So as of the recording of this episode in, in 2022, it's been about, what, 13 years? Yep. We're in, um, yeah, the 12th year is the one we're going to show, but we're about to get into the 13th year now. So take it away, Aaron. Okay. Well, let's take a look at this client. So this is a CPA. And of course, CPAs are, are well known to, you know, people put them on a pedestal that they know all. And not all CPAs understand this, but this CPA does. So <laughs> not all CPAs can be tricked by these guys, but this CPA got tricked. I mean, you could translate that that way. I mean, makes more sense to me. So this CPA came to me and he had read one of our books, uh, like the Laser Fund, for example, and came and said, hey, I want one of these max funded index universal life policies with the guarantees of zero that you can't lose. Zero's a hero. And with an insurance company that's been around for 150 years with the safety, the guarantees, the protection, the death benefit that comes along for the ride, and then also to be able to take out tax-free income via loans um, down the road, like, uh, like Doug was saying a minute ago, my father. So now let's take a look at this client. So he came to me, you know, very detailed, super detailed client. And yeah, we meet every year and we look at the annual statements and we see how the policy is performing and so forth. But we looked at two different examples. So back in 2009, in about July, when he uh, went forward to the policy, we went forward to this contract and here's one way we looked at it. He wanted to put in $400,000. So you can see he wanted to put in about 399,000, you know, just shy of $400,000. At age 56, um, his death benefit was $1.1 million was what the, uh, the death benefit amount was gonna be. And in this example, uh, we showed putting in the maximum amount under tax code so we don't create a MEC, so it's not taxable. This helps it keep, keep it tax-free. We put in the maximum for two years, and then we put in a 30000 to max it out until year 10, the last bit of 29000 and that maxes it out, the max you can pay in to have this structured properly in this. So you've noticed that these are the same numbers I put in. Maxing it out over a 10-year period. He did somewhere in between. All right. He did somewhere in between where he did mostly over the six years, I believe, but he might have taken into the seventh, um, the seventh or eighth or ninth year in this example. So if we look at his example here, let's look at, um, let's look at uh, 2000 or tw uh, 10 years into it. So in 10 years, he should have had 473 from what we illustrated. Now, again, these things could perform at lower than illustrated or more than illustrated. We're showing some examples that illustrated better than what we uh, you know, had projected. So this client, for example, let's go back up here to the top, a scenario one, two, and three. And in scenario number one, I ran 10% in a five-year account. 
That sounds awesome, right? I mean, it's not 14.2% like the S&P 500 returned over you know, the last decade or more, but 10%, pretty solid. If I could get 10%, I would go for this plane, but watch. Um, a 10% illustrated rate. We showed nine and a half in another five-year account, 8% in a one-year account, and a little bit in the fixed. So we did 30%, 30, 30, and 10 in the fixed is what we had illustrated back then. So 60% of the money, we're showing nine and a half uh, to 10% illustrated rate. In scenario two, we showed a little bit lower rate, 9%, eight and a half, and seven. And over here in scenario three, we showed eight, seven and a half, and six, showing a more you know conservative example, more aggressive. <laughs> so this is a more aggressive kind of middle that we showed, again, this is back in 2009, about 12 to 13 years ago. So. Looking at these examples, this does not show the accumulation value, just the surrender value for those that are a little more familiar. But in this example, in 10 years, if we funded it like this, we should have had in the 10th year 473, 446, or 421 in those. So in the 10% returns, they'd have had 473, 473,000, which means he put in 400,000, got 73,000 back over a 10 year time frame. If that math, doesn't add up to 10%, it's because you're not crazy, it's because it doesn't add up to 10%. Let's keep going. There's three different scenarios. So 473, 446, 421. In 2019, by the end of the policy year here, this is showing in July of 2019, he had $558,000 inside the policy. So, so let's, let's work that out real quick. $558,000, so $558,000 after year 10, which means, and he put in over the course of that time frame, $400,000. So if he put, if he put in $400,000, he after 10 years has $558,000. That means he gained $158,000 over a 10 year time frame. That's a 39% return over 10 years. So 39% divided by 10, you get 3.9% over 10 years. 3.9% annual returns. That's how much he got. He beat the illustration, but he got 4% returns over that 10-year time frame, right? So my, my figures went out to 2021, and after 10 years, he would have had uh, just a little bit over a million dollars if he'd have just put his money in the S&P 500. Just over a million, but instead he has 550000 That's a $450,000 opportunity cost. And he didn't get 9% or whatever it was it said at the top of that sheet. He got 3.9%. And I'll explain how they're doing this, but just note, for the dollars you put in, this is what you're getting out. This is what they're advertising as being the thing that you retire with. Meanwhile, he's at a 450 k loss simply by giving these guys his money. And they're trying to make it sound like they, they beat out the market for him. It's crazy. Let's go back. So once again, this policy, this is the annual policy statement for an index universal life. This is the, you know, the client. I'm the, you know, the advisor or producer on this. So in this example, he's averaged, by the way, nine and a quarter percent is what he's averaged since the beginning of uh, this policy. But this last year, well... Not this year, but this is in 2019. He had earned 51,000 of interest. 9,000 came out in policy charges. He uh, 1.1 million dollars of death benefit is his insurance amount, but 558. So again, 558,000. We had projected at those three different examples 
that in year 10, there'd be no surrender charge, so the surrender value would be the same as the accumulation at that point. He'd have 473, 446, and 421. And again, how much does he have? $558,000, which is, um, you know, way more than 100, you know, more than 100,000 in these examples inside the policy right now. So we're ahead of schedule, it's pretty cool. So we are ahead of schedule of what we had illustrated back in 2009, even though some of those accounts, the caps have come down through the years because interest rates have come down through the years, we've still have outperformed what we projected, even with those very high um, projections because the policy's done very well still, really, really good. Well, let's fast forward to um, right now. So um, the annual statement almost a year ago at the recording of this video, we're still a month away from his anniversary date in July. So this is July of 2021. 2021. And this statement, he earned 95,000 of interest through that last policy year. He's got um, 650, so his fees have come down. He's down to $3,000 in fees now. So his fees go down as he's gotten older in this because of the way the policy structured. So he's got only 3,000 of charges coming out now a year. He's got $654,000 in the policy. And he should have $1.5 million, right? So do the math on that real quick. 1.5 million minus 650,000. That's an opportunity cost of $863,000. He's missing out on $863,000 because these guys sold him a bill of goods. So he's averaged 4.81% return. So he's averaged a 4.81% return on his money in the time period where the S&P 500 returned 14.2. So if that tells you how well Index Universal Life does against the actually investing yourself, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. He has $650,000 when he should have 1.5 million. They, he paid these guys a commission to straight up rob him of $863,000. These guys are selling it like, look, you're getting close to the stock market returns but he got 4.81% during the best bull run of the United States history. Like he, he got wrecked over this. This, this is so frustrating. I mean, this makes me physically angry. So thank you, Aaron. Uh, you know, it's interesting. We have a lot of CPAs and engineers that absolutely love uh, Max Funded IUL and laser funds because they're so technical and they're thrilled because they go through these with a fine tooth comb and they're, they're just so picky about so many things. Mm -hmm. And Man, I've, as an engineer, I feel so incredibly insulted at that statement. I sat down here and did the numbers in like a couple of seconds in a spreadsheet and figured out that the returns just totally wrecked this guy, lost him $863,000. He should have $1.5 million, but these guys are all sitting here saying he got 9% returns and now he has 650K. Like, oh, he should have had 1.5 million over this bull run and he got $650,000 because these guys are bragging about it. And then they have the nerve to be like, look at how transparent these numbers are. CPAs and engineers love this stuff because they can dive in. I, I don't know what they're looking at, but I can tell you right now, they're, they don't know what they're looking at. That's the only answer. I, I can't imagine somebody sitting here looking at this information being like, that's the way to go. In fact, I'm so worried about downside, I'm happy to forego $863,000 to make sure there's no downside. And if that statement sounded stupid to you, well, you're not alone. <laughs>
<laughs> Holy smokes, man. All right, that's the end of the video. To, to point the last thing out there, it's not tax-free. It's still taxed. It's it's essentially tax-deferred, just like any other investment you make. You put your money in the S&P 500. You don't pay taxes until you start to withdraw that money. Same thing. Calling that tax-free is crazy. And they're going to respond back being like, well, you know, you could take out loans, and those loans are tax-free. All loans are tax-free. You could take out loans against your index funds in the S&P 500. Anybody could do that. That's not novel. This isn't novel. I don't have to pay these guys to do that. But not only that, I could put my money in the S&P 500 and forget about it. I could just keep buying index funds. I don't have to think about that twice. I don't have to pay anyone to do it. I can set it up automated. It just keeps purchasing. Easy, right? These guys want to meet with you to restructure so you can guess. If you remember my last video, sit down and guess how the stock market is going to do. Because you could earn interest on the bonds that the insurance company is purchasing. But if you want to, you could go ahead and gamble that interest away in seeing what the market could do, where the downside is zero minus all the fees that you have to pay. Now, how do they get to this 9% return? What they're doing is they are only including the money put inside of the cash value. They're not including the fees that you're paying. So if you were to separate those two, when you first start a plan, you pay a lot of fees up front, like a lot of fees get uh, paid up front. And that's the commissions to these guys who are selling it to you. That's the commissions to the company that is providing the insurance. That's the money that's going to build, you know, these giant towers that Dave Ramsey talks about. There's a reason why insurance companies have a lot of money. So you're paying a chunk of fees up front. That's what's costing you big. And you're paying a little into your cash value. And as time goes on, that starts to switch over. But if you consider so that when they're, when they're looking at that actual cash value, they're saying, look, you got 9% returns on this cash value, but they're ignoring the fact that you paid all these fees just to get to that point. This is like his gambling example in the last episode we watched, where he's like, wouldn't, wouldn't you want to sit down at a table and play blackjack and have the, bo the bottom be zero? You can only win money. You can never lose money, except for the fact that he neglected to tell you that you have to pay an incredible amount of fees just to get into the casino. And then you have to pay more fees to sit down at every table. And then if you get zero, they're, they're sitting there going like, well, aren't you glad you got zero? No, you're paying a crazy amount of fees. And then the other answer to that is, well, these fees are going towards the life insurance part. Yeah, except that they're tremendously higher than term life insurance. Like tremendously higher. You're paying tens of thousands of dollars and term life insurance is like hundreds at most. That's, that's not even. So you're not paying for the life insurance. You're paying for this cash value part in which they're straight up robbing you and then claiming you got some tremendous gains. And you notice that multiple times in this episode, and I pointed it out when it happened, they, they presented confusing information and didn't really explain it and then moved on, right? That's a tactics by salespeople, but also by scammers who are trying to over confuse things and then just trying to get you to the point where you just believe them. They're like, look, you don't know about the tax code. You can't possibly know all this information. I'm telling you this is tax-free. I'm telling you you're getting, you know, nine. And at the end there, he's like, 100% returns in a single year. You know, if you don't include the fact that I just paid you that same amount of money in fees. This CPA could have had $1.5 million. And he ends up having $650,000 in this account. He lost $863,000 just to get a 4.8% return. 
4.8% was the best that he could do. During a time where the markets got 14.2%, he got 4.8%. He missed out on some of the best wealth growing time of all time. Forget about tax-free, forget about penalty-free, forget about downsides in the market. There's nothing in the market that's going to drop that 1.5 million below the 650K mark. There's not been a recession that has happened that will drop it below that mark, right? This is another example of how they do these comparisons that don't make any sense. If you have a million dollars and the market goes down, wouldn't that be sad? Well, yeah, but I could have $1.5 million. And when the market goes down, it would still not get low enough to hit this index fund. So I will have more money by the time the market goes down. So I'll have to worry about less. So I'll pay these guys to give me a consistent return of like 5% at best. No, thanks. That, that, I mean, I, I can't even, I can't even imagine the CPA looking at this information and being happy with it. If he's, if he saw what the S and P 500 did over the last decade plus, and he compared it to what his plan looks like, he'd be smacking himself in the face. $78,000 in the first year, $78,000 he put up into this plan the first year. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm so emotional about this one. Um, I didn't think that this was going to be as scammy as it's turning out to be. But watching this guy's videos and him just being like, I'm getting 9.5% return to over 10% return, some years 50% return, and then watching his own example prove to us how much he's robbing people. Oh, man. All right. So I'll get off my high horse. If I missed anything, please throw it down in the comments. I really appreciate it. I'm going to continue to try and take this stuff down. You should not be putting your money in Index Universal Life. Um, I'm not going to. That's never going to happen. After seeing this video, I'm more convinced than ever that that's probably the worst thing you could possibly do is pay these guys who are just, I'm not going to say that they're lying, but they're painting a picture that just isn't there, right? They're not lying to get you to believe these things. They're just talking around the truth to get you to, to believe that this, you know, beautiful retirement landscape exists. Ah, and I, that is just so incredibly frustrating. So I, I want to thank you all for stopping by. Hit wealthidiots.com. Here we're just trying to present to you the options and best scenarios and, you know, kind of give you that financial literacy to be good on your own, to not need to pay people like this. And I hope that you like and subscribe so that you don't miss out on those opportunities. And I'll see you guys next time.